Managing your law practice can be challenging. Marketing, time management, attracting clients, and all the things besides the cases that you need to do that aren't billable. Welcome to this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. This is where you'll get the information you need from expert guests and host Christopher Anderson, here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast helping attorneys improve their practices. We're glad you can listen today on the Legal Talk Network. I'm your host, Christopher Anderson. I'm an attorney with a singular passion for helping other lawyers be more successful with their law firms. I work directly with lawyers across the country to help them achieve success in their law firm businesses. I've built and managed law firms in Georgia and New York, created an innovative software for lawyers at LexisNexis, as well as served as a prosecutor in New York City. As a business owner first and as an attorney, I believe you should have a law firm that works for you. In this program, I have a chance to speak to you as I do in presentations across the country about what it takes to build and operate your law firm like the business that it is. I have a chance to introduce you to a new guest each month to talk about how to make that business work for you instead of the other way around. Today's episode of the Unbillable Hour is Seven Ways to Overcome Underperformance. My guests today are Susan Harmon, she's Vice President and Product Champion for LexisNexis Firm Manager, and David Houlihan, who's a Massachusetts attorney and analyst with Blue Hill Research. David is an experienced advisor in legal technology with a unique understanding of complex information environments and legal business needs. Um, Susan, would you just like to introduce yourself a little bit more? What, uh, what more can the audience know about you? Well, I really believe in building products that have been designed by the user that works the way the user works. And so when we built LexisNexis for a manager, we incorporated the input of thousands of attorneys and actually changed um, many components of it based on building it the way attorneys work. I brought that to LexisNexis because I used to work at Intuit, uh, very well known for building uh, products that meet the needs of users. And I formerly worked at Apple um, as an executive, uh, introducing a new product functionality. And just the last thing is that I've worked for two law firms as a business partner. Excellent. Thank you. And David, what uh, what can you tell us to round out uh, the uh, introduction that I gave about you? Great. Yeah, I would say the basics are that my job now, um, you know, I'm an attorney, but my focus is on researching the use of technology by law firms and in support of legal departments. I spend every day um, speaking with technology buyers in firms or, or, or departments, you know, generally managing partners, general counsel, uh, CIOs if they're there, um, understanding the, the process and the experience with using technology to support business. Great. Well, thank you. So we'll be sharing a little bit more about how you can get in touch with Susan and David um, at the end of the show. But today we're going to be talking to Susan and David about some of the causes that law firms struggle to make the profits that they should and the seven ways to overcome underperformance or, or as, as Susan was mentioning earlier, to optimize the performance of their law firms and, and overcome some of those struggles. So welcome, Susan and David. Let's start off with the title of the program that you delivered today at ABA Tech Show, um, which was, was uh, the seven ways to overcome underperformance. What is it that law firms need to overcome? Well, what they need to overcome is um, not billing sufficiently to live the lifestyle that uh, they want to live. Uh, most attorneys in small law firms are uh, underbilling by about 40% uh, of their hours. That's significant. And there's little ways and little things that attorneys can do to try to recoup some of that lost income. 
And David, I know Blue Hill Research has recently completed a study regarding how law firms can address the problem of their underperformance or how they can optimize their profits um, using a variety of tools. Can you share two or three key findings from that research? Yeah, sure. Uh, so the, the study looked at 47 law firms, uh, all under 50 attorneys, trying to understand how practice management impacted the business. Uh, I'd say the major findings really relate to attorney efficiency. Uh, we found um, per attorney about 48 hours reduction in non-billable time per month and a conversion rate um, of non-billable time to billable time of 20 to 100 percent. Wow, that's amazing. And do you believe that that's causing uh, problems with profitability in those firms from, from that research? <laughs> Um, no, a, I, you know, how's that for a softball? Right? I, I would say the, you know, the opposite, right? Really, what it's about is if we think of attorneys as sort of the material asset of a law firm and the the manifestation of the services they provide. You know, the to Susan's point about optimization, really, it's about reducing the total amount of hours worked and increasing the percentage that it's built. So in your presentation today, um, one of the ways that you discussed um, for law, law firms to optimize that performance is to become tech savvy, but not be so worried about becoming a tech guru. How can that help a law firm? Well, by using um, technology and being users of it so that they're, they're not um, designing the software, but they're applying the technology to their practice. So, for example, having a practice management solution that takes care of the billing for them, that reduces the amount of time that they're spending on billing because that's non-billable hours. Um, another example is having a practice management solution that has built-in calendaring that syncs with all of their devices. Calendaring is the errors are the number one um, area for malpractice claims. Another uh, area of using uh, technology is tracking your time and expenses. An ideal solution would automatically track all of your activities and then let you know which ones you haven't associated a time and expense with. So those are just a couple. I mean, I think maybe the last and the most important is nowadays your clients expect you to be uh, mobile. Um, you know, they don't care where you are, if you're on the beach or at a soccer game. When they call you, they want you to give them an update on their matter. And by having a mobile device, and most um, attorneys today, over 91%, have mobile phones and tablets, but they don't use them to connect with their practice management solution. So having those devices connected to a secure cloud practice management solution lets them service their clients and obviously uh, be more, uh, more responsive to the clients, encourages the clients to want to pay them when their invoice comes in. That makes sense. And you said they shouldn't go so far as to try to become a tech guru. Why that differentiation? Well, you know, they, so not become a tech guru. So you didn't go to law school to become a tech guru or an IT person. You went to law school theoretically to practice law. And there are people that went to school to become IT people. And so you want to practice law, let the professionals, the IT folks, the practice management consultants, the technology vendors recommend the technology solutions and take care of the technology solutions. And But just the last point, nowadays with the easy-to-use cloud practice management solutions, you really don't need anybody to help you. It's just pretty much plug it in and you're ready to go. Yeah, and it makes sense. You know, the uh, the ABA on their Ethics 2020 Commission has promulgated a adjusted comment um, to Model Rule 1.1 uh, that lawyers now, in order to be, maintain competence, uh, they they should keep abreast of changes in the law and its practice, but also in the benefits and risks associated with relevant technology. So what you're saying is exactly that: be aware of it, understand it, but not necessarily have to 
get deep into the machine. Right. Take advantage of the professionals, the practice management advisors. Attend uh, the shows and events. Try out demos ahead of time. And Susan, you also talked in, in your presentation about using KPIs, uh, which are key, perf key performance indicators, okay. uh, to improve profitability without even having to bill more hours or get more clients, that they can actually improve the law firm profitability without more business by paying attention to KPIs. What, can KPIs you tell the audience about that? KPIs are key performance indicators. are basically the metrics that uh, businesses use to run a business. And so what that means is that law firms today have to run the practice as a business. They have to pay attention to their billable hours. If they're charging a fixed fee, are they actually making money or are they exceeding um, the number of hours that they should be associating with that fixed fee? So some examples of KPIs are um, things like um, leveraging your staff. Are you having your junior people work on the administrivia so your more senior people can work on the more complex initiatives or go out and get more uh, new clients? Uh, margin, are you keeping track of the money you spend to be able to know whether or not you're making money? And your realization rate, what is the rate at which you are billing and collecting and getting paid? on your invoices. Yeah, because your billable hour rate doesn't really mean much if you're not collecting those dollars, right? Right, and what we've learned in a recent study by LexisNexis is that most attorneys have past due clients, and in fact, over half have 39% of their client base past due. Oh my goodness, 39% of, of all their clients are past due in one way or another? Yes. Wow, and that's on top of what I think you said at the beginning of the program, that they miss 40% of their billables altogether. Yes, and, and that's why optimize your law firm is so critically important because the thing is with the past due invoices, it's not due to clients' bad financial situation. It's due to the practices of the attorney. It's not having a billing process, not having clear invoices that communicate what the work that was that was done. It's not sending out the invoice in a timely fashion. When you send out an invoice that's three months past the service that was performed, the client is not likely to pay because they've forgotten yeah. the value. They, they take it yeah. as seriously as you did, apparently, yeah. in sending out the bill. Yeah. David, can or has your research shed any light on these points about being tech savvy and about using KPIs to optimize your business? Yeah, certainly. I think that, you know, as, as we looked at the research, if I look across the conversations that we had, I think everyone is aware that these problems are there. The challenge is really that the, the transparency of what the, these problems mean to the business is, is lacking, right? So I, consistently we hear uh, from folks that have practice management that don't have practice management. They know they want to increase attorney efficiency. They know they want to, you know, um, reduce the IT costs of the organization. The problem becomes that they don't really understand how to make that transition, right? A lot of that is a lack of measurements. To Susan's point about KPIs, uh, I think the, the really the first step is for firms to understand, and I would start even more basic than what she's talking about, measuring, um, I, I think everyone measures unbilled and, and build time, but understanding uh, the, the amount of days that it takes you to, to produce a bill, the amount of days it takes you to get paid on your, you know, what's your DSO? The more you, day sales outstanding. Okay. That's how long from the issue of your invoice until you've been paid. Okay. When you start understanding measuring this time, you can begin to make comparisons of what the costs to your firm actually are, right? And because when we talk about investing in software, it's really a trade-off of those costs, right? You're going to accept whatever the cost is of the solution with the hopes that that cost plus other reductions to your firm are, are going to outweigh 
the, essentially the cost of doing nothing. But so the first step in accurately managing your business by these numbers is recording the numbers, right? Yeah. I mean, you have, yeah. to, you have to have a way to... <laughs> To, you have to have something to measure. Yep, and you know, nobody wants to do it, um, and no one wants to do it because it's manual, right? It certainly, you know, it's sort of a chicken-egg problem. The solutions oftentimes help with measuring those things, but I think that it's important before firms take the plunge to really start to measure and understand and take the time. And it and sounds like it's really about learning to live inside this, those systems um, and do everything through them so that the data is uh, recorded just by doing the work, just mm -hmm. by living inside mm -hmm. those systems. Mm -hmm. Susan, your, your third and fourth points in your presentation actually talked about tracking time and billing. That was like, like a real focus of what you were talking about. How can it help law firms' businesses to keep accurate track of their time for billing purposes, but also for cost purposes? Yes. Yeah, so, um, so related to, I think it's the cost purposes. I think it's what I said earlier. Uh, trend nowadays is fixed fees. So people think, okay, it's fixed fee. I don't need to keep track of my time. But you really do because you don't know if you're exceeding the number of hours that were allocated to that fixed fee. And so you could actually be losing money on every single fixed fee a matter. And so that's why it's really critical to track your time. Um, I think you also talked about the loss of time when people don't track their time contemporaneously. The, uh, uh, there's a lot of time leakage. Yes. It's really important to track your time when it happens. And that's what's so wonderful about practice management solutions that will do that for you uh, because people do not track their time. I mean, the biggest culprit is that five-minute phone call that you have. Well, that, if that adds up to you had 10 five-minute phone calls, that's a significant amount of time. And that contributes to that 40% of unbilled time. Yeah, and, and the longer they wait, the, the worse it gets, The right? longer they wait, the less uh, that they will remember what their time is, and, and that's a big problem. But again, that's why having solutions that have features like Money Finder that will track their tasks and activities for which they didn't associate their time really helps. Yeah. David, um, we're going to go to a break right now and hear from our sponsor. But when we come back, I'm going to ask you whether the pain points of failing to record time contemporaneously and the ability to capture that time showed up as pain points in your research. You can advertise with us at Legal Talk Network and have your own commercial play in this podcast. Just send us an email at advertising at legaltalknetwork.com. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too. So, David, when we, when we took the break, um, we were talking with Susan about the uh, pain of losing time, time leakage by failing to record time, and also about um, how in alternative fee arrangements or flat fees, failing to understand the time that goes into an hour or into a case leaves attorneys not being able to understand whether those cases are profitable. Are those pain points that showed up in your research? Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it depends on the size and sophistication of the firm, but I, I don't think we even need research to say it. I can tell you from practice and, uh -huh. you know, you know I, if our bills were due at the end of the month. I did my time at the end of the month and um, I it tracked it on paper if, if that sophisticatedly, right? And, you know, you make the estimates, you lose the time and, um, you know, no one wants to bill clients too much. Uh, so you, you round down and um, you don't get paid for that, right? So it's really understanding that time makes a, a, a big difference. Uh, you know, when we looked at the, the firms that participated, a lot of the time that was lost, um, that non-billable time that they were doing, especially in smaller firms, is just time spent putting together bills and doing the estimation process. And, you know, we have folks spend whole days that they lose, uh, that they should be practicing law, that they're putting together numbers. 
Thank you. So Susan, you followed up with the billable problem with their need for law firms, small law firms in particular, to get organized, to get organized with their files and to get organized with their calendars. How is the lack of organization or the failure to truly get organized impacting these small law firms? Well, you know, I think as I said earlier, uh, the number one malpractice um, problem and complaint is lack of calendar organization. And a malpractice claim can cost as much as $100,000. And so that's you know, something that sounds very trivial, but is critically important. And it comes back to being organized. You know, most law firms are piles of paper everywhere. And, um, you know, when a client calls, you want to be able to put your finger on it. And uh, most attorneys will take 15 minutes to just find a file, and you translate that to your hourly rate, and if that happens every day, that's a significant amount of money. I mean, that can be upwards of $11,000 that you're losing just by not being able to find a file. Um, and, and then, then you you're also not, not being as responsive to your clients when that happens, and they're not getting you know, in a world where everybody expects people to have information immediately. Instantly. And that's another bar, number, um, leading bar complaint in many states is not being responsive to clients when they call because you can't put your finger on their information. Yeah, and so what can law firms do to help them get more organized with their files and with their calendar? Oh, it's quite simple. Again, um, having a uh, practice management solution because practice management solutions are all-in-one solutions. So it has all of your matters, all of your uh, contacts, all of your documents, all of your uh, calendar items. I mean, it's basically everything in your practice available to you anywhere. And so it means you don't have to have the piles of paper and you can be very responsive. And a lot of lawyers, I think, already do have some sort of calendar, right? They use Outlook uh, calendaring or they use their iPhones or something like that. How has it helped them to have the calendar based in their case management? And doesn't that add another layer of complexity? Not really, because nowadays the practice management solutions are automatically synced. And so the, the benefit of that is that if they're all tied together, no matter where you are, you know all of your appointments. Nowadays, uh, docketing dates will automatically appear if you've got um, a solution like Law Toolbox and something like for a manager, they'll automatically appear in your calendar. So wherever you are, because they're synced, your calendars are talking to one another. Interesting. So David, Susan's explained really well how case management software can help law firms with these problems that, that she's identified. And they sound like serious problems, you know, being disorganized, not being able to respond to clients, not getting bills out on time, not tracking their time. But your research actually looked at the return on investment in using these tools. Is that right? Mm -hmm. What did you learn about the return on investment for law firms that want to adopt some sort of case or matter management technology? You know, I'd say that the starting place is really to understand those comparative costs, right? So we did a survey of practice management solutions, understanding the various uh, subscription rates that were involved with them. And we create a median rate of uh, $540 per user per year. Per year, okay. Um, so, you know, that's going to vary based on the size of your implementation and obviously the vendor. But that was an average across that, the That was an ones. average across the market. Okay. Uh, so we compared that to the, the results that we saw, of the, the impact from solutions, right? So if we just take attorney time. Right, so four to eight hours a month per attorney, just put that in a, a solo practitioner. That gives us a, a fairly good range per month uh, over the year. That's, right. that's how much time you think about using one of these tools is saving those, those uh, attorneys? Yeah, there, that's the range that we found. Uh, that you found. It's not, it's not a speculation. It's that's not what, an estimate, yeah. yeah. Everyone we spoke to, uh, it's 45 firms, fell within that range. So we use that to put our basis and set a low and high what that impact looks like to sort of 
figure out the, the revenue impact. Uh, again, there, we had a range of 20% to 100% conversion of that time to billable hours. Mm -hmm. That really depends on the sort of business decisions of the firm. Sure. There are firms that, you know, folks just want to spend more time fishing. Folks want to bill more for their time, right? So based on those choices, um, how that we take a 50% conversion rate as sort of our, our basis to look at. Um, so 50% of that 48 hours a month comes right. out to about $11,000 a year. Okay. Right? At a cost of $540. At a cost of $540. So the ROI becomes, you know, well above 1,000%. Uh, it's between, I don't remember the number now off the top of my head. 4,000? Yeah. 4,000 yeah, 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 at the highest yeah. end of conversion. That's correct. You know, if you look at that, you know, ROI is a, a measure of the differential between what you spend and what you get back. And typically, when we do our research uh, in other areas of enterprise technology spend, you see a, a roughly a 600 to 1,000% ROI. So because the cost, uh, particularly of the cloud solutions that are aimed at small firms, because that cost is so low per user, you get a much larger ROI. And I think that that should be relevant in not a, a number of ways. Um, one, just looking at what you think the upside of the investment is. To understanding what the risk of the investment is. You know, we found four to eight. That doesn't mean every firm's gonna find that. Some will find more, some will find less. But knowing that that's the range and knowing that that's the percentage difference should give a little bit more of a sense of security in making the investment. In calculating the ROI, did you also uh, look at the implementation cost, what it actually took to stand up the software mm -hmm. in the first place? We didn't. I would say that by and large, you know, I had someone come up to us after the presentation and say they thought the training costs were about the same as the first year investment. That may be right. I'm, I'm not sure. We've never really looked at it. But at these ROI numbers, it, it, it would seem to leave a lot of room uh, to enable uh, yep. some decent implementation. And what's time. important about that, about the implementation cost, the time that's lost, is that's your first year cost. That's going to be amortized over the time right. uh, of the investment, you know, if you keep building and using that solution. And Susan, I think you and were I saying with these online software, the implement, uh, has implementation gotten easier? Yes, I mean, these new online um, practice management solutions really do not require training. They're so easy to use, and uh, if people want training, they have online guides. And so there really isn't a big implementation cost. Probably the, the biggest cost or um, challenge is just getting your data in if you're already using an existing system. But there's really no training because these systems are easy to use. And so would you say that users, especially for the main things that you're talking about, the capturing of time and the getting bills out much more quickly, those seem like things that you could be able to turn around and get pretty quick return on at least those items while you implement the rest of the system. Right, and actually that's what we're seeing is that when users first use a system like Firm Manager, the first thing they're doing is capturing their time and expense and sending out invoices. And so that's what actually more than pays for uh, the cost, monthly cost of the solution. Yeah, I think that's important, uh, and, and also for folks to set a range of what they're really doing, how much data they need, et cetera. Um, you know, it doesn't all have to happen at once. You can sort of filter your way in. Great. Well, thank you all. Um, that wraps up this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. Our guests today have been Susan Harmon with LexisNexis Firm Manager and David Houlihan with Blue Hill Research. Susan, would you just give the audience um, uh, the website for Firm Manager and uh, how they can uh, contact you on social media or on uh, Twitter? Sure. Well, first of all, the website uh, for Firm Manager is www.firmmanager.com. And on that website, uh, users can find a variety of special promotions 
and offers. Um, and uh, the best way to reach me is just via email, susan.harmon at lexusnexus.com. And David, uh, do you have a website or a social media contact information where uh, our audience can uh, reach out to you? Yeah, the best place to come is bluehillresearch.com. Um, on social media, I'm D.W. Houlihan. Uh, that's H-O-U-L-I-H-A-N. Thank you. Uh, at Twitter. Fantastic. Thank you both very much for, uh, for sharing the information and uh, for the presentation uh, here today. Um, this is Christopher Anderson. I am uh, looking forward to seeing everybody in the audience next time for uh, with another great guest on the, the Unbillable Hour. Remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on iTunes. Thanks for joining us, and we'll speak to you again soon. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network. Its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. Join us again for the next edition, right here with Legal Talk Network. Learn by doing with Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design, these immersive programs incorporate the latest in research-based instructional design and technology, allowing you to try out concepts, challenge yourself, and grow your skills using real-world scenarios. With programs focusing on professional development, client-facing skills, and law practice management, you can earn CLE while you learn. Launch now at pli.edu interactive or download PLI's mobile app.